Welcome to the Focus on Customer Service podcast, presented by Social Media Today, where we talk to brands you know and love who are laser-focused on using social media to deliver amazing customer experiences. And now, here are your co-hosts, Dan Gingas and Dan Moriarty. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Focus on Customer Service podcast. This is Dan Gingas, and I am recording live at Social Media Marketing World, where I'm leading the first ever social care track at this marketing conference. And I'm very happy to have with me today Whitney Drake from General Motors. How are you, Whitney? I'm excellent. Thank you so much for having me today. Well, it's our pleasure. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do at General Motors? Sure. I work in the Social Center of Expertise. We set strategy, KPIs, and education for the enterprise at GM. And I also oversee the U.S. social care team. And tell us a little bit about how social care is organized at General Motors and where it fits within the rest of the organization. Sure. I report into the Global Connected Customer Experience team. So we are the team minding the best interest of the customer. And we have about 26 agents and team leads, we call them advisors, who handle Facebook, Twitter, and forums from a care and marketing support standpoint. So if you have a problem with your vehicle, with your dealer, you need to set your clock, your OnStar isn't doing what you need it to do, or you want to buy a vehicle, then our team helps you. And that's separate from the marketing team, which is focused on marketing strategy and sales, generally speaking. And so obviously you have dealerships that are all around the country, and presumably they have, some of them have their own social media presence. So how do you deal with questions that might be aimed at a local dealership that's coming into the main General Motors handle? Yep. We work with the dealers on a day-to-day basis to assist the customer. So our team will work the phone with the service manager or a digital manager in the dealership to try to assist whether they have a warranty issue or a recall or they just generally aren't feeling loved, we try to work with the dealer to help them. In some cases, the dealer and the customer may have a disagreement and that's no longer a working relationship. And then we help the customer find a different dealer. But we do our best to facilitate those relationships and keep the customers happy. And do your various car brands also have their handles on social media and how do you interact with them? So we actually have customer care handles for Chevrolet and Cadillac. We just recently combined Buick and GMC into one handle similar to Delta Assist in the past few weeks. So we actually are trying to move to that because we don't believe the customers actually identify, I want marketing or I want customer assist. They really just want to talk to the brand. And so we're doing our best to do that. We use our tool to communicate between the marketing team and the care team. So if we see something that is more brand love, we'll flag it over to the marketing team. And if the marketing team sees something that needs care, they flag it over to us using the same tool. So it's a well-orchestrated dance, I like to call it, where we're trying to do the best and right by the customer. That's really interesting. We've talked to a number of brands who struggle with this separation between marketing and customer service, and in particular, inquiries that are service-related versus brand love or what we might call community management. So tell us how you decided that you've now got, it sounds like what you're saying is you've got different sets of people that are listening in marketing and service and then responding accordingly. So how do you navigate that dance? 
So early on, we had the same challenges. We had overly zealous customer care agents and then the marketing team trying to make sure that we were getting customer care handled. So we actually created what we call swim lanes, typical R&R, role and responsibility to help the teams. And we review those each time a new team member is onboarded. So I also oversee the rollout of global social care. So we have what we call care in a box where we walk all of the teams through those swim lanes. And it's not the same in every market, so we obviously have to tailor it to what the staffing needs in each market are. There are times when we both want to go after the same thing, but we really work hard not to because, like I said, the customer only sees, you know, Chevrolet or Buick or GMC. And I think the other thing is influencers. That's another point where we involve the public relations team. So we just try to have processes in place that are stored in what we call GM answers that the teams can abide by. And then, again, just communicate, communicate, communicate. That's great. Now, you mentioned a decent-sized team that's working on this in the service area. Can you tell me about how do you hire people for this team and what kinds of skill sets do you look for that might be similar or different than, say, a telephone agent? So when the social care team was originally established, they moved traditional call center folks over to social care. Only our call center folks mainly did phone, not email. So it was a bit of a challenge needing to understand social, needing to understand escalation, needing to understand how to work with the marketing team and the PR team. And at that time, we were actually in two different locations. So our team was in Saginaw and the marketing team was in the Rensen. So we quickly decided that we needed to change the job description, the JD, for our hiring. And we looked for people with a marketing PR or customer care background and one of the questions I always try to ask the interviews is what kind of interviewees what kind of issue or crisis have you handled because I think that's an important component and then writing skills are a huge part of what we do and by moving the team down to the Rensen we've created a lot more collaboration across the different departments and then I think the last thing that I would add is that we believe that these people are learning on the ground level of our customer care team at the company and become future employees. So we're striving to elevate the profile of these folks within the entire organization. And I would challenge everyone who has a social care team to do the same. Yeah, that's interesting because social care people often have to be a jack of all trades. They have to understand the whole business, know enough to be dangerous about whether it's your various brands of cars or the various types of problems that people might have that in a traditional call center world, you might be able to transfer them over to a different department to help. And in social, you really can't do that. So I think that's great. And and finding those people is definitely a challenge because you've got to find somebody who's willing to learn that sort of broad-based stuff, who is a good writer. I'm glad you mentioned that because that is an absolutely key skill and who has some idea how to operate in social media, which is certainly a different beast. You also mentioned crises, which certainly can can happen in, in social media. Tell me how you plan for something like that, whether it's a recall or what have you, and then what do you have to do from a staffing perspective when all of a sudden your average number of tweets or Facebook posts you know, blows up in a day. So myself and my boss both have public relations backgrounds. So from the very beginning of social at General Motors, we knew that issue and crisis management needed to be a part of all of our processes. So we have processes in place for escalation with the PR teams. We have phone numbers in place to set up quick calls to get everyone on the phone and figure it out. And I think the key is, again, communicating and making sure we're all on the same page and that we're not going off on 
tangents. When we have staffing issues, for example, in a recall, we try to look at the volume and we actually do this on a day-to-day staffing basis. So when is the volume the greatest so that we can staff towards it? So right now we have three shifts. We run nine until midnight, basically Monday through Saturday, and then noon until nine on Sunday. And that's based on when the customers are commenting and talking to us. We also, with our global tool, have the ability to pull in staff from around the world if we need to. So for example, this year, this past year, we had an issue in Europe with a vehicle and Europe was in the middle of a call center transformation and couldn't add any staff. So using our tool, we had a few people here in the U.S. helping with this particular issue in Europe. So again, trying to create a global tool that allows us, at least in certain languages, to help each other has been key. And sometimes, you know, you are building the plane while you're flying it. So you just do the best you can. I think our listeners can identify with that metaphor quite a bit. So you also mentioned making the social care reps visible within the organization. And one of the things that we see over and over again is that the for a lot of companies, the volume that comes in in social is still a very small percentage of overall customer service volume, and that makes it harder to create visibility. Tell me if that's true at at General Motors, and then how you are working to make it more visible in the organization. Our volume is definitely smaller, and one of the things we're trying to look at is what do we see in the future of vehicle buying and those conversations, so being a little bit predictive as we work into Maven and car sharing and things like that. That being said, there are a few things that we're trying to do. Number one, all of our new hires come through a tour of our command social command center and our social care agents run those tours. So all employees are exposed to what we do from the very almost within the first week of their employment, which is great because we also have a social media policy that we need to share with them. So we kind of kill two birds with one stone. The other thing that we're talking about for 16 is a roadshow where we're going to go to different departments and talk about what the social care agents do. Within the global connected customer experience team, most everyone does know what we do. So we have kind of a feeder going on within that part of the organization, but we want to reach out. And we would also like to reach out to our agencies so that our agencies fully understand the expectations of this team. And to your point, they are a jack of all trades and they are the forefront of our company in the public eye. And it is a super important and sometimes stressful role. So you're talking about all General Motors employees or customer service employees that have to walk through? All General Motors employees. That's really cool. I have not heard that before. That's a great way to gain some visibility. And you also mentioned the social media policy, which almost all companies have. Tell me a little bit about that and sort of what you, how that relates to what you guys are doing in social care. We just want everyone to understand the social media policy, what they can and can't do in the space. And we're actually in the process of revising it. And once we do that, obviously, we'll talk about it more publicly. but And we're, we're hoping to post it publicly. So more to come on that. I think the reason we want everyone to be aware not only of the policy, but of the social care team is because a lot of conversations happen in private messaging and private spaces on Facebook that we, the social care team, don't have visibility. And so we want people to know that we're there and that we also have an email address that they can provide them to get help. So for example, let's just say one of your friends posted about a poor experience trying to buy a Chevrolet product on his page and 
you saw it and you were an employee of GM, we want to give you the ability to interact with that person in a positive way and say, hey, I saw you had a problem. We have a social team. Would love for you to reach out to them. Obviously, we don't want to spam people, so it's up to your discretion. But that's the idea of letting everyone know what we do and where we are. And also, because we in our social media policy, we have a process for applying for new channels. And so we want people to know that you need to follow the process because part of what we're trying to do is set guides and regulations around those new channels so social care can manage them because of a lovely thing called tread in the auto industry. We are talking with Whitney Drake, who is the manager of social strategy and care for General Motors. And Whitney, tell us a little bit about the types of inquiries that you see in social and also tell us about whether that differs by social channel. Uh, we... <laughs> We see every kind of question you can imagine. Most recently, we saw a customer whose compass wasn't working and went into the dealership to get some help with that. And the dealership told them it was because of a magnetized roof mounting. Well, that caused a whole new question on the customer's behalf because her husband had a pacemaker and she was concerned that the magnetized roof would interfere with her pacemaker. So our team reached out to the dealer to try to find out what was going on. The dealer really didn't have a solution. So then our team reached out to our technical assistance center to find out, was this vehicle impacted? We looked at a couple of service bulletins, worked with the dealer to find out how we could test it and concluded that it actually wasn't magnetized. So there shouldn't be any issue for her husband. That all happened on Facebook. On Twitter, it becomes somewhat difficult. Yes, once you get into private messaging, you can write a lot longer interaction. But we do see different interactions in different spaces. So for example, on the forums, it's a much more passionate and sometimes more auto-educated consumer. So we get a lot of really in-depth questions, particularly concerning modifications to their vehicles, order statuses, and things like that. So yes, it does vary by channel. And how do you decide when to take a conversation offline? So a lot of the time we have to take the conversation offline because we need a VIN and we need to confirm their name. So for example, my Twitter handle is QOSWIT. And if I didn't have Whitney Drake listed, then immediately they would have to take me into a private conversation to confirm my name and my VIN. So I would say probably more than 80% were moving into private conversation just because we need that information to look at their vehicle. If they're looking to purchase a vehicle, we don't necessarily have to go to private because we can have it all publicly. Like I'm looking to buy a Suburban in this color and then we can try and figure out where they're located based on their profile and help them, which is what we really, we really try to do a lot of research when we're interacting in a marketing opportunity. And then if you're trying to reset your clock or you're looking for a video or how to install a car seat, a lot of those conversations can stay public. And have you seen social become an actual sales channel? Like, are you guys able to take a sale through completion? So we can't take it all the way to actually pushing the button to buy it because even in ShopClick Buy, which is our online purchasing tool, you still have to sign paperwork at the dealer. You can do all of the financing and almost the entire transaction online. But from a marketing support standpoint, yes. We have had people tweet us, I'm looking for this vehicle or I need this. We've actually had a couple of customers tweet multiple brands and then we try to interact again, looking for information that will help them like they're a baseball fan or they really like sushi, whatever personal information we can have to make the engagement stand out. And then they will often tweet us that they've purchased the vehicle. 
That's awesome. I've definitely heard of people who are loyal to brands who engage with them in social. I have not yet heard of somebody looking to buy a car based on which brands respond to them. I think that's very cool. So uh, just funny story I was thinking of as you were talking. Uh, my first job out of college, I worked at a collectibles company called the Danbury Mint. Um, it's a direct marketing company, and they sell plates, dolls, figurines, etc. And I was assigned to the classic cars area. And the very first car that I got to work on was the 1962 Corvette, which is not actually one of the more well-known Corvettes. Um, and there were competitive reasons why we chose that one. But that began my love affair with Corvettes. And so I have told my wife that the entirety of my midlife crisis is going to be buying a Corvette. There's going to be no women or anything else involved. It's just going to be a Corvette. And it's amazing how she thought that was a great idea after I explained that to her. <laughs> Let me know when you're ready. We'll be happy to help you out. All right. Not, not quite at the midlife crisis level yet, but getting there at some point. So... Because we are at Social Media Marketing World, I wanted to ask you a little bit about what your uh, hopes were for, uh, for the conference and what you want to accomplish here besides for being one of the stars in our customer service panel. Sure. I attended four years ago, and I thought it was a great conference. I took away a lot of little tools, little tips, and little tricks at that point. And so this year, with all of the focus on video, which the keynote kicked off right in your face, I want to see how people are using live video, what we can expect. I would love to hear more about Facebook Messenger Bot, as we know, coming out of F8. And so, and also just to connect with like-minded people. I thought it was a great conference, and I'm happy to be back. I was thinking of uh, Facebook Messenger Bot when you were talking about buying cars, that that, that could be the, the future. It would be interesting to see. So we always like to finish up with two questions, one of which you sort of started talking about, but I'm sure you have lots of, of uh, examples, which is tell us about a memorable interaction. We all who who work in this business have thousands of interactions with customers, but there's always a couple that stand out as being particularly memorable, and we're hoping you can share one. Sure, I would love to. I think another one for us was when we launched our full-size trucks. We actually were working on what we call a quality ground-up initiative, which I didn't touch on previously. So really quickly, we have one person on our team that works with the technical assistance team, so TAC, to help the engineers ferret out social conversations that might be relevant to the engineering team. So in this particular example, we had a steering wheel that had um, aluminum trim on it that was getting very hot in the sun and a heated and cooled seat that was when on cool venting hot air directly into the rear passenger's face. And so a lot of people were unhappy. Obviously we saw a lot of trucks, very passionate owners. And so the team was able to take the steering wheel out of production immediately and reroute the venting for the seat within 30 days, which is huge. And to take very seriously the conversations coming from the social space. The one thing I will say is a lot of people ask me how we didn't notice this, but we were launching it during the winter and so all of our testing happened in cold, in cold temperatures. So it was, it was great that we were able to catch it very quickly and get it handled. That's awesome. One of the presentations that I'm doing at the conference is about the uh, eight building blocks to building a world-class social care team. And one of the most advanced ones is creating that feedback loop with the rest of the organization where you hear this stuff in social and it's not enough to just report it out to the organization, but to actually fix things, the, the problems that are causing the chatter in social in the first place is, is really advanced. So that's awesome that you guys are doing that. The last thing we like to ask people is um, if you were just starting out in social care, what advice would you give to yourself that you wish you knew when you started, but that you're so much smarter now having been in it? I think there are two pieces of advice. You have to walk before you run. So 
try to do the basics and do the basics well. You don't need fancy systems and tools. You can do things in Excel or Google Docs or whatever it takes to help the customer, but it's better to be responsive if you're going to be in the marketing world than to leave people hanging. It's it's super frustrating and the research shows that you build your brand based on the relationships you build. It's about the people. And then I think the other piece of advice, we talked a little bit about marketing support and selling vehicles. When we first set out to do that a little over a year ago, we actually didn't put in place the tools to connect it with our sales match, which is called Axiom. So we sold vehicles in a pilot for about a year and we didn't know other than if you tweeted us. And so trying to invest the money we should have taken more time at the front to match it up so that we could invest more later. Totally makes sense. Well, thank you so much, Whitney, for being with us. We really appreciate you joining the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. And if you have a brand that you'd like to recommend for the Focus on Customer Service podcast, please use our hashtag FOCS and tweet at us, and we will reach out to that awesome brand and bring them on a future episode. This is Dan Gingas uh, reporting live from Social Media Marketing World. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Focus on Customer Service podcast presented by Social Media Today. Be sure to tweet your thoughts and nominations for other brands to be featured using hashtag FOCS. And follow Dan and Dan on Twitter at DGingas and at I am Dan Moriarty. See you next time.